Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, today our focus will be on you ladies, but a lot of what we will discuss will apply to you gentlemen as well. So let me start the program with a question. Ladies, are you tired of reporting for work each day? Uh, doing maybe an uninspiring job directed by a boss who assigns you tasks or projects and deadlines that will occupy the eight hours or so or more until quitting time. And even if you receive a generous salary or commission, are you fed up with applying your education and talents for the primary benefit of someone else, the company's owner or shareholders, and you think you would really like to be your own boss and start your own business, but you always thought entrepreneurship was primarily a man's job. Well, here are some shocking statistics. The number of women-owned businesses increased by 45% in 2016 alone, and I guess that's the last year for which statistics are available, and that's five times the national average for all businesses. And here's another shocker. 79% of women-owned businesses launched over the last nine years were founded by women of color. So what's holding you back? As we will discuss today, not every one of us, obviously, men or women, are cut out to be an entrepreneur. Uh, But uh, if you're ready to start your own business or have in mind a great new concept, today's program is for you. And here's some good news and some bad news. The good news, nearly 90% of all businesses in America have 20 or fewer employees, so there's definitely a place for small businesses, and we can always use more. But the bad news, Forbes magazine tells us that 8 out of 10 new businesses fail within their first 18 months, and 9 of 10 fail within the first 5 years. But I've got some more good news. My guest today, award-winning author and strategic marketing consultant Claudia Newcorn, MBA, is here with some important marketing strategies to help you become one of the survivors. And Claudia Newcorn served as a marketing executive in Fortune 500 companies for almost 20 years. She currently serves as a marketing consultant, speaker, workshop leader, and founder of the Zipline to Success system, and she has experience working with industry leaders like Gillette and E.J. Gallo, but also hundreds of mid- and small companies and startup entrepreneurs, and she's author of the 2016 Amazon bestseller, Zipline to Success, Fast-Track Marketing Strategies to Accelerate Your Sales and Profits. And hello, Claudia Newcorn. It's indeed an honor to have you with us today. Roy, thanks so much for having me. Uh, All of the facts you're talking about are spot on, and I really believe there's tremendous opportunity for anyone who has a dream or a passion to start a business or is already in business and is looking for ways to further improve what they're doing. Well, let's begin by talking about lady entrepreneurs. Which industries are seeing the biggest surge in women-owned startups? You tell us, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll never guess, but let me try. Is it women's cosmetics? 
No, you're, it begins with a C, but it's definitely not cosmetics. <laughs> it's actually construction, Roy. Oh. Believe it or not, <laughs> women's greatest growth of women startups have been uh, in the construction segment. Fifteen percent of new startups have been in that area. Well, I'll be darned. Good for you, gals. <laughs> That always, you know, associate with men, but like when you think about it, more and more women are getting into construction and that type of thing. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, as you said, you mentioned cosmetics. When I was researching the statistics, yeah. was construction's leading the uh, pack. Arts, entertainment, and recreation are the next largest segment. Oh, I see. And then after that, women are starting health care and social businesses. Yeah. Professional, scientific, and technical services, which includes lawyers, accountants, architects, PR firms, and, of course, consultants. And so women are really diversifying into pretty much all industries. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, why do women, as you put it, need to get personal in dealing with competitors? Aren't your competitors your biggest adversaries? That is a very common misperception, Roy, and I really want to emphasize how important it is for you to take a look and say, wait a moment, my competitors are an asset. I consider them your best friends. In fact, the more you know about them, the easier it is to figure out how to make your business stand out. And let me give you an example. I am working with a microbrewery. And they've got a really amazing beer, that type of beer you just want to savor as you're drinking it. Yeah. But craft beers are high-end products. Well, when they decided to launch, they said, well, we're going to just be a price-based microbrewery. (laughs) And the end result is here they are, they've got a beautiful tap room, but their staff is busy twiddling their fingers because people associate craft beers with being a higher-priced product. (laughs) Not Bud Light or something. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And so what happened is I worked with them. We did a competitive assessment, and we discovered that all of these microbreweries in the area were priced at such and such for different types of beers, and so they raised their prices, didn't get any pushback from their existing clients, and they started getting more people coming in because it showed, A, they understood who their competition was, They were now pricing smart, but even more importantly, they knew how their competitors were presenting themselves, you know, what their sales pitch was, and they now knew how to set themselves apart and make themselves unique. And furthermore, when you're buying something like beer, it's not like uh, a new car or anything else. You're not really something you can't afford to have one or two beers, even if they are more than, uh, you know, what you'd pay for Miller Lite or something like that. Exactly. And wouldn't you feel great if your business is growing simply by saying, I know what my competitors are doing, and I know how to make myself stand out and set myself apart. You can't do that if you don't know what your competition is up to. No, that's very true. And um, they're not your enemies because really everyone that's promoting the, the, as an example, microbrewery, it really helps all the microbreweries out there to uh, establish the quality of those uh, types of products. Exactly. And I often get people saying, well, Claudia, how can I research my competitors? Well, bless the Internet. Very often all you have to do is go on the Internet and take a look at your competitors' websites. There's a boatload of information. It's a lot easier now than it used to be with those websites out there. And another one, and this is a surprise for most people, Roy, online reviews. Go to your competitors' online reviews on Yelp, for example, and take a look at the complaints. 
And very often what people are complaining about sets you up to say, all right, well, I can do this better, and you can pitch that as a selling point yeah. to make yourself stand out from the competitors. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you really have to be careful what your uh, critics say on your account. On oh, yeah. The well, the next question applies to male as well as female entrepreneurs. What's the number one thing that you should know when you're starting, or for that matter, running a business or trying to resuscitate one? The, it's a mission-critical question, Roy, because very often people start a business based on a passion. You yeah. are an expert in a certain area. You yeah. love to make a goods or you uh, give people wonderful travel experiences, so yeah. you hang up your shingle. And what very often happens is you haven't figured out who your buyers are and if any yeah. of them exist in your market. For example, I'm working with a tour company, and when they launched, they wanted to feature tours to Yosemite National Park, where I'm close oh. to. Yeah. And, and as you can imagine, they're all set, they're all jazzed up, and you know, cobwebs are growing on the phone. Can you <laughs> guess that what probably went wrong there? I don't know. Are they marketing to the wrong age group? Or <laughs> they miscalculated. It turned out that people who were touring Yosemite were flying into San Francisco and capturing their tours there. Oh, I see. So she hadn't assessed her market to determine, is there a demand? Are there people who are going to buy this? Yeah, so while she, was, she was in the, like, in the Fresno area or down not far from Yosemite, but it wasn't where the people were going to uh, book the tours, I guess. You got it. And she started getting calls from brides saying, well, could you give us trans you know, our guest transport? Yeah. And she discovered that a lot of the brides were worried about you know, tipsy drivers up in the Sierra foothill area. Yeah. <laughs> so she repackaged her business, realizing that her real audience were brides, and as a result, she's now considered the number one transportation service in the mother load by stepping back, saying, who are my buyers? And okay, she misfired at the start, but she rebooted herself, and she's now got an incredibly successful oh, business. Well, so in, your I, book, in your book, you tell owners and managers to avoid the three Bs of marketing. What are these three Bs? <laughs> well, besides saying the three Bs are basic, boring, and been done. <laughs> it's very easy for you as a business owner to be so busy you keep recycling the same promotion or ad. Yeah. And as a result, people get kind of bored. Um, if you've done it over and over again, if everybody else is doing it, that means it's basic. So yeah. nothing you're doing is standing out. Yeah. And you want to do things that are exciting, that attract your customers' interests. And it can even be a little goofy or creative if you feel <laughs> like doing that. But if you do the three Bs, over yeah. time you're going to find a diminishing return on what you're yeah, doing. that's for sure. They may work the first time, but the 20th they probably don't. Oh, yeah. It was also interesting. You, you mentioned that timing is everything, and you told the story of this uh, client that uh, failed with an effort to market a uh, carry-around paper medical diary, or which sounds like a great idea. What was the problem with that? 20 years too late to market. Yeah. When uh, she developed the concept, it was a, it's a great idea. It really yeah. was. Yeah. But it's in the era of filofaxes, and the Internet isn't quite there. She came out into the market t 20 years later when you could get the same product online as a downloadable for free. Yeah, that's And right. <laughs> the target audience was, act was primarily pregnant women. Oh. Well, pregnant women were millennials. Millennials yeah. live in the digital arena. They're not going to yeah. lug around this uh, you know, 
two and a inch, uh, I six can't by imagine eight feet. A, digi- a millennium carrying one of those. Things. Yeah, exactly. So it was a good intent, too late to market. Yeah. Well, you uh, have a section in your book titled Seven Creative, Innovative, and Eye-Catching Marketing Ideas to Set You Apart from the Crowd. Could you please summarize uh, two or three of these ideas? I'd love to hear a couple of them. Uh, I believe that the fun part about being a business owner is you can be incredibly creative, Roy. Oh, I see. And there's the vanilla, and then there's how do you put sprinkles on top of it. (laughs) And some really simple ones that can be very creative and pretty much no to low cost for you. I encourage you to consider, for example, a customer of the month where every week or every month you feature on your website or on your Facebook an outstanding customer uh, who perhaps has done something special in the community or been recognized. Maybe uh, their son has become an Eagle Scout. That creates tremendous goodwill with your audience. Yes, it would. Another good one is crazy contests. Uh, Who has the best purple hairdo? Uh, around Halloween, best costume. Again, getting people engaged beyond just trying to pitch them and sell them so that you make your business memorable, uh, enjoyable, and fun. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, why not? What, yeah. put, what do you have to lose? Another fun one is business card drawings. I've been to businesses, oh, and they yeah. have a you know, well-decorated glass fishbowl on their counter, and every month they do a drawing, and it might be for a free dinner or a free consultation or a free fill-in-the-blank. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're collecting, you know, 20, 50, 100 business cards. These people have already said it's now okay for you to email them, and you can put them on your email list. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Well, here's a question that's fairly easy for us MBAs to answer. <laughs> can a company, including a small business, make lots of sales and still be losing money? <laughs> the answer, sadly, is yes, and it's much more common than you would think. Yeah. As you say, we MBAs recognize it, uh, but so often we take a look and we say, all right, we're going to price our product or service at X. Yeah. And But the first question you should ask yourself is, first, what are the competitors pricing it at? So yeah. there's your competitive research. But secondly, what does it really cost you to make or do? And I don't <laughs> you just, you know, I don't just mean the actual cost of putting together uh, something, but your overhead. What yeah. does it cost you to turn on the lights and run the register and hire people? I had one client who's the most amazing ice cream you've ever tasted. Yeah. He, he comes to me and he says, Claudia, need to do more marketing. I said, can we take a look at your numbers first? And you're chuckling. You know where I'm going with this, Roy. We do. And it turns out that because he hadn't done his cost analysis first, which was very very simple to do, even if you don't like numbers, he was selling every cup of ice cream at a dollar loss. (laughs) Can you imagine if I had said, let's do more marketing? He would have sold more and lost more. Yeah, I had an example years ago. My wife and I, um, we lived in San Antonio at the time, and there was a charming new restaurant open in our neighborhood. Great atmosphere, wonderful food. Everything was great about it. And then opening promotion, they offered two meals for the price of one, which was a great deal because it was a fairly expensive restaurant. But surprisingly, five or six months later, they were still offering two meals for one deal. They always had a good crowd, but the next uh, time we drove over there, they were out of business. Wow, you know what happened. (laughs) I can't believe they'd be so foolish as to continue that promotion forever. But uh, 
Well, if you don't know your numbers, and if you're not a numbers fan, then yeah. work with a bookkeeper or an accountant yeah. who is. You're setting yourself for a lot of risk. That's one of the things that takes companies out very early. They run out of money, and they don't know what happened. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, I love your term, what are five common uh-oh assumptions that owners and managers all too often make when they launch a marketing campaign for a new product or business? <laughs> I love those. <laughs> well, the I love the phrase uh-oh because heaven knows we've all done it. Yeah. The first uh-oh is saying, okay, everybody is going to want my product or service. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't work that way. I wish they did, but the fact is they don't. And as a result, what happens is you plan on a sales volume or customer volume that simply isn't going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the most common thing I bump into. So who's your customer, everyone? Okay, let's start at square one here. <laughs> the second one is price is the most important decision factor for your customers. You sure as heck don't want them making this decisions just on price because when you get into a pricing war, yeah. especially as a young business or a small business, yeah. you're setting yourself for failure. You know especially that. Especially if you're that ice cream maker. <laughs> exactly. And here's one of my favorites. Very often I'll ask someone, okay, what makes your business unique? Yeah. And the answer I get is great quality product and good customer service. Well, would you know anybody who goes, I have crappy products and shoddy customer service? Or even I have good quality, but my service is awful. Exactly. That, there's nothing unique about that. You've no. really got to step back and say, what makes me special and yeah. different from everybody else? Yeah. Right. And as you know, as we talked about, people assume competitors are a risk to their business. I think we've popped that myth. Yeah. And the other, uh, the fifth one, of course, is, I know this is a great idea. I just have to market it to enough people to succeed. Yeah, it doesn't and, matter how no. you market, just market it to enough. Keep right? marketing it, and you know the cows will come home. And the answer is no. That's that's again, unless you have tremendous amount of money in the bank, the chances of that happening are pretty small. Yeah, well, as a strategic marketing consultant, you are founder and creator of the Zipline to Success System. Can you please give us the three powerful principles that make your Zipline approach to marketing so effective? The first one, and I consider it among the most important, is it's about being hands-on. Oh. Uh, I help people, when I'm working with them, discover that no matter where they are in their business, they will have the opportunity to succeed if they step back and approach their business as a smart business yeah, practitioner, yeah. that's one of the most important aspects. Yeah. The second one is also a willingness to be open to change. The market is never ending as far and as rapidly as it changes. When I Especially coach, today. <laughs> oh, you blink and it's changed. Yeah. Um, when I coach clients, one of the things we work about is learning to be proactive to change yeah. as opposed to reactive. And my goal is to help people zip over obstacles, plan ahead, and transform their marketing from so-so to spectacular yeah. by incorporating core principles that they'll discover actually make their jobs and their companies run a lot more smoothly. Yeah. And what's the third uh, secret there? Well, I like to say the third one is having the opportunity to listen to folks like both of us talk about ways to improve what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you, Roy, are sharing these principles with people, you're helping your listeners 
pursue dreams and goals, and I think that's an important part of ziplining as well, having the opportunity to share the message so that more people can take action on these points and incorporate them into their business. Yeah, that's so true. Well, um, let's talk a bit about your award-winning book, Zipline to Success. Uh, in your book's introduction, you make readers a promise. What is that promise? The promise I always give to people is that when, after reading the book, they are going to have more tools, tips, techniques, and creative ideas than ever before. And I genuinely promise it, that this is going to help them succeed. They're going to learn how to implement these concepts and have measurable outcomes that will benefit their business, even if they're a nonprofit organization, yeah. by the way. Oh, I yeah, work with a lot of them as well and grow. That's what Zipline to Success is all about. Yeah, the successful nonprofits realize that, they're, uh, that they have to uh, be smart and market their services just like anyone else. Absolutely. And uh, the other part I like about it, you promised that they'll have uh, those strategies and tactics they can use right away even before they finish the whole book. And, uh, That's correct. I wrote the book because I tend to skip around very often when I'm reading, especially nonfiction books. Yeah. I wanted a business owner to be able to flip to any chapter and start incorporating it into their business practices. It's designed for you, the owner or the manager, to work with this very quickly. Yeah, that's great. Well, you offer 27 zipline essentials to successful marketing at the end of your book. Could you give us a sneak preview of uh, a couple of these essentials? I guess sure. you've probably already gone over some of them. but uh, Yeah, so I'll choose some that I haven't covered. Uh, extremely important, we talked a bit about pricing, and I tell folks choosing the wrong pricing strategy can be a costly mistake, yeah. N not only because it may cost you your bottom line, but if you misprice, you can antagonize or alienate customers so they won't come in to buy. Yeah. Th that's a, absolutely mission critical. Very often, another one is how important it is for your brand look and message to be consistent across all marketing materials. Very often, as I'm working with clients, Roy, I'll look at their flyers, their business cards. If you look at your materials and each one looks different, different lettering, different color schemes, <laughs> different copy, you don't have a brand. You just have content, and so you're not creating a memorable image in the minds of your consumers. No, that's very true, and uh, people get confused as to really what your uh, formula to success or what you're really offering that have value. Definitely, and this is a common question I get from people, so sharing this, because of the world of digital, and even though people may say, well, I'm a baby boomer, I don't have to worry about that so much, <laughs> but in the digital arena, when you see these reviews, sometimes folks can give pretty negative reviews. Yeah. And it's important to never get caught in a snarling or critical argument with anyone on reviews. Oh, no, that's the last thing you want to do. Absolutely. And what you want to do is be constructive, be polite, acknowledge yeah. Yeah. that what they're saying and try and come up with a constructive solution because people will be as likely to be looking at how you responded as they will be looking at the review. Amen. Well, where best should uh, interested listeners go to preview and purchase your book? Zipline to Success is available on Amazon.com. Uh, that's the best place to go purchase it. It yeah. is, of course, available in print and ebook. Yeah. And if folks would like to learn more about Zipline to Success and what I do, uh, they are welcome to come to my website at ZiplineToSuccess.com. I will be happy to let you know that listeners are able on my website 
to um, sign up for a free download that talks about how to really figure out your buyers and also will provide some great smart tips on low-budget ways to boost your customers' loyalty. So ZipLineToSuccess.com would be where they go. Yes, please. Okay, well, that sounds great. Also, tell me in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen as well, are you ready to invest the time, money, and sweat equity required to successfully start up or resuscitate your small business? Are you ready to give up the security of that steady paycheck? Are you ready to place ultimate responsibility squarely on your own shoulders for everything from furnishing the office, buying benefits for yourself and your employees, establishing an online presence, hiring employees, ordering paper clips, and marketing your products? And I trust that you're well aware that the odds of success are long, but one thing for sure, you'll need to effectively market and sell your product or services at a per-unit product or profit, I should say, and in sufficient volume to pay off your fixed expenses, including take-home pay to pay your own bills for the first year or two. So please don't go without the expertise you most definitely need to get the marketing done, done and done right. And for that, I highly recommend Claudia Newcorn's excellent award-winning book, Zipline to Success, Fast-Track Marketing Strategies to Accelerate Your Sales and Profits. And you may also wish to retain Claudia as a consultant, speaker, or workshop leader at your next company meeting or event. And where should they go to do that, Claudia? If, uh... I'll come to the website, ziplinetosuccess.com, and you can contact me there, and I'll be happy to talk with you. Sounds good. And thank you, Claudia Newcorn, for joining us, and best of success throughout the new year. Thank you, Roy. Again, I look forward to speaking with you all again in the future. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, I'm certain the primary goal for all of us in 2018 and beyond is happiness and success based upon our own unique personal definitions of those terms. And before we go, we're going to discuss briefly the two essential ingredients that can lead us to this happiness and success. First, you will need clear intention. What destination in your life do you seek that will make you happy and fulfilled? And second, you must implement the right method that can propel you to where you want to go. And my next guest, Jonathan Robinson, renowned psychotherapist, professional speaker, and best-selling author of 10 books, informs that when you have clear intention and the right method to make that intention manifest, you can create magic and miracles in your life. And he's here to tell us more. Hello, Jonathan, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hey, Roy, good to be with you. Well, you tell us that studies show that happiness and fulfillment primarily come from just one thing. Is that from having so much money that you can pretty much do whatever you want? Absolutely. No, I'm kidding. It, you know, it's interesting. After you make about $75,000 a year, more money does not increase happiness at all. In fact, huh. it goes down slightly. Uh, But, you know, the good news is that what really leads to happiness is good relationships, Um, whether they be romantic or otherwise, and that's something we all can do. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, once you realize that quality relationships are the key to happiness and fulfillment, do most people accomplish the joyful transformation? And if not, what's the problem? What's holding them back? Well, you know, people have the intention, they'd like to have good relationships, but they don't have uh, a method. It's like we are 
taught the language of blame. Yeah. Right? I tell, uh, I see a lot of couples, what they do is they basically complain, blame, and shame their partner and then wonder why they don't have a great relationship. Yeah, that's so true. You know, so, so, you know, I, I write books and uh, teach workshops on yeah. what really works. And the good news is that can be taught in like four or five hours and make oh, a huge difference in people's lives. That's great. Well, let's say you have the clear intention to improve your relationship with your spouse and kids. You want each of them to be happy and fulfilled, but obviously not at the expense of your own enjoyment of life. Obviously, we must be happy as well as the people we want to make happy. But uh, can you offer one or two suggestions on how to break the ice and, uh, you know, start improving those relationships? Sure. Um, you know, what I love is really simple methods come a kind of a lazy person. So I, I use the method that science shows works and that can be done generally in under a minute and still have a profound effect. So let's take one that's very simple that most people know about but they don't do, and that is uh, appreciate your mate or the people you're in relationship with uh, once a day. Oh, you know, say, you know, I really appreciate how you blank, blank, blanked, or, you know, what I really, something I really appreciate or love about you is blank. And yeah. that has been shown to be incredibly effective if you do it frequently and it's sincere. And that's yeah, pretty I noticed simple. on your, on your uh, website you had some clips from a show you did with Oprah, and uh, you talk about one week of kindness, and I think that's a great Way to put it. That that's that each day. I guess what you just talked about making a a compliment or saying something helpful to somebody in your life, and that, that sounds like a great way to get started in terms. And it's amazing how much joy you yourself receive when you do something for somebody else and see see uh, observe that it's making a difference in their lives. Yeah, amazingly. Um, they've studied a lot of ways to get people to be happier and overcome depression. Guess hmm. what is ten times more powerful than Prozac? <laughs> What's that? Acts of kindness. Oh, yeah. Acts of <laughs> kindness have been shown to be ten times more powerful than yeah. Prozac in overcoming depression. But the wow. good news, it doesn't just overcome depression. It also makes you feel happier. And of yeah. course, somebody else benefits, but it's really the, the major effect is on yourself. Yeah, that's a win-win situation for sure. Well, as you relate, you've spent a big chunk of your career as a professional speaker and workshop leader, but beginning January 30th, you'll be offering something you've never done before, and tell us about what that is. You know, I've never done an uh, online course before. I've gotten a lot of requests, especially uh, for what's going to be my book that comes out in a couple months called More Love, Less Conflict. Yeah. And um, so I'm doing an online course, uh, and it's uh, relatively cheap. If you register quickly, it's uh, 99 bucks, and it um, is about creating more love and less conflict. And once again, using these really simple methods that actually work. You know, a a um, a power saw is so much better than a handsaw. Oh. And when you have the right method, you create really tight relationships not just romantically but with your kids coworkers yeah. and there are some methods like appreciation or like how to show empathy yeah. studies show that the number one thing people want in relationships is, is empathy yeah. and most people don't know how to give it you know yeah. oprah does she did yeah. pretty well yes yeah, <laughs> but you and i can learn that stuff i'm a i'm like a you know a, a 
average white guy, you know, who just <laughs> is not good at this stuff. Yeah. But I learned it and was able to then create magic because I learned the right methods. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, will online participants have the opportunity to ask you questions during the sessions, and how and when will you respond if they do? Uh, I'll respond possibly during the show, uh, you know, the online course, because there'll be two A. But um, of course, afterwards, people actually get my private email address, and I like helping people. I call me weird in this day and age, but I really enjoy it. And uh, I, you know, when people ask good questions, I usually have some specific method I can send them immediately oh, that should be able to help that situation. Well, will we have to take a quiz? <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, if you come, you get an A. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but you do include a, what you call a relationship assessment quiz, as you call it. I guess that's just for self-scoring. You don't have to send it in or anything. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, part of it is because you can see when before the course, you know, how's my relationship, 1 to 10, and then after the course, Oh. And uh, I'm expecting that people will get pretty dramatic results, and when they yeah. see that they scored it and that they got dramatic results, then then that's a good thing. Yeah, well, the three sessions on your online course are scheduled for three Tuesdays, January 30th, February 6th, and 13th. What if you're interested and want to sign up, but you'll be tied up uh, all day and evening on one of the dates? Is it still possible well, um, to sign They up get full course? replays. They get all the handouts. They get all the PowerPoint slides. So it, uh, And then you have that forever. So uh, okay. you don't really have to be live. You can even ask questions through email when it's not live, and that will still work. Uh, you know, but even on this call, I'd like to give people useful, immediately useful things. Yeah. So if people do things like an act of kindness or they sh show more words of appreciation, they'll see right away their relationships are better, and that's just five minutes of instruction. Yeah. Well, in your promotion, you tell us your course will be useful for any one of three groups of people. Can you please spell out what these, who these three groups are? I know you list those three different groups that could use. Well, I don't remember the advertising so well, but certainly it's helpful in any romantic relationship. Yeah, that's uh, because of them. you know all our stuff comes up in those relationships, you know. And then, of course, it's uh, very helpful for friends because yeah. most of us don't know how to speak the language of intimacy very well. We do the best yeah. we can, but a couple of things can really help. And third one I find I really it, also helps, is, uh, it helps in you, one's career because, yeah. you know, that's, that's relationship as well. I like when you said it helps with often people that often repeat painful communication cycles and you want to break the pattern. I know that's really, I, I know people like that that I constantly uh, bat heads with and, and, don't, and want to improve that, and th that would be a third group, I think, that would really uh, benefit from your your program. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. Some uh, people are not so good at getting along, and and blame never improves the situation. No, that's for sure. Where should an interested listener go to sign up for your upcoming um, online course? Well, there's a website called Insight Events USA, one word. Oh. dot com. Insight Events USA. dot com. Oh, and uh, the workshop's called More Love, Less Conflict.
So that's where they should go then to sign up. That's well, the best place. And, well, and you know, if people want to ask me, uh, I, I very much like interacting with people. If people have a question they want to ask me about it, they can email me directly at uh, iamjohnr.aol.com. Oh, that's uh, I am J O N R dot AOL dot com. And I'm happy to talk to people or email them and um as I said, I do a lot of what I do for free because I really like it. Yeah. Uh this workshop online thing has a lot of stuff to it, so I had to charge money just to uh you know, get it together. Yeah, but it's not all that much. And to conclude, as my guest Jonathan Robinson points out, in this age of constant distractions it can be hard to create the intimacy and the sense of deep connection we all really want. And whether you're married, engaged, dating, or simply want to uh, connect more deeply with friends and family, and maybe perhaps your boss and coworkers on the job, there are simple methods you can learn and employ to build rapport, create intimacy, and overcome difficulties. And through his three weekly online sessions, Jonathan Robinson promises you will learn dozens of instantly usable ideas and methods that will forever impact all your relationships, presumably for the better. It sounds pretty <laughs> good to me. Just three weeks, three sessions, and $99. Certainly not too high a price to pay for a lifetime of improved relationships, which, of course, then lead to the happiness and fulfillment that we were talking about. So check it out, and thank you, Jonathan Robinson, for uh, stopping by today. Best of success with your online course and in all your ventures. Thank you very much, Roy. Thanks for putting out information like this. And thank for all, uh, thanks to all of you uh, to, out there for joining us today on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Tune in next week when our guest will tell us all about the stem cell revolution. Goodbye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal training system by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 